Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast presented by Ingles, the official supermarket of Gramlich and McLean. Mac, we made it to the end of ACC under review. I, I had my doubts. I had my doubts at times. I can't believe it. We did it. We did it, partner. We're here. We traveled up and down the East Coast as far as the eye can see to the left. We're now on the West Coast. Here we we're are. Here. We made it. We ran into water. We're in the Bay Area, and we're talking Stanford, the Stanford Cardinal, mighty ACC Stanford Cardinal, and the Cal Golden Bears. And it's weird and crazy that those words just it's came so out of my weird. mouth, KG. But here we are. Here we are. It's so weird, but we do want to extend a warm welcome to any Stanford and Cal fans who may be listening or watching or stumble upon this. Tell your other Stanford and Cal friends, we're happy you're here. We think it's weird. You probably think it's weird, but let's just, let's have fun. Let's have fun in the weirdness together. Mac, what I'm hearing from you in terms of us finding water is that basically we're Lewis and Clark. I think we're Lewis and Clark, Lewis, Clark, and we have found our way to the Bay Area somehow, some way, and we're here to talk football. We did it. We made it happen. We did. And you know, I, I think the uh, I think the interesting thing, outside of my shirt, coincidentally being cow gold and blue and Stanford red and or cardinal and white, uh, great you know job by me there and Nike, both Nike schools. Um, you know, I, I think just getting into this, like kind of like SMU, like this is a total learning experience. Like we're figuring this out. Um, you know, and and just okay, here we go. You know, let, let's see what happens. And, you know, obviously the teams could look, you know, fairly different after spring, you know, with all these new transfer portal windows and the the rule that's in place right now, the law that's in place right now that you can, you know, transfer multiple times. So, you know, we're taking a crack at it and maybe it'll be very different when you guys hear from us again about these teams in, uh, in August, who knows, but, you know, really excited about today. Tried to get a cow guest just with schedules and KG's about to crank it up. We're all over the place, uh, you know, and, and our guy from Cal couldn't make it happen. So we will touch base with him at a later date. So we will talk about Cal a little bit here. Uh, but first, we've got our guy, Troy, the voice of the Cardinal, uh, you know, on the football, basketball. He was very gracious of his time to uh, just literally step off a flight mm. and do this interview with us. And I loved it, KG. He's bringing some heat, talking a little trash. And uh, I think it's fantastic. And a, a big warm welcome to him as he welcomes uh, to the ACC here. So, again, we'll start with Stanford, uh, kind of talk with, with Troy, uh, and then get to Cal. But first, a message from our friends over at Ingles, and then we'll talk a little football. Did you know that Ingles sells more organics than any other store? Or that they run their own dairy? Or that they only serve USDA choice and prime meat? Did you know that they have more local craft beer than any place else? Or that they have energy smart stores? Or that they professionally slice and package imported cheese from Europe? Did you know about their giant international aisle, local farm partnerships, curbside pickup, wine department? Or that they donate 3,956 meals a day to local food banks? Well, now you do. It's all in the bag. Ingles, low prices, love the savings. All right, guys, it is now time to talk a little Cardinal. Come on, we're going out west and we're talking about Stanford. Troy, thank you for joining us, my man. It's great to see you. Great to get this going. And I appreciate your time. 
No, you bet. Awesome to be along for the ride with you guys. And uh, 2024 is going to be the start of a brand new Stanford football sponsored by Bojangles. I'm going to get used to this. Yes, yes. Hey, if, if you want to join the franchise party, we can bring it to you out there. Whatever you want to do. Just tell me the percentage you want to be in. We can make it happen, KG. Well, I, I already know there's going to be ACC football day in the Bay that first sun, that first Saturday, rather, yeah. in October. Come so, on. And I've already told other folks, hey, bring all the, all, all the stuff that we need from ACC country to get acclimated. Bring all that, especially for that day. That's right. That That's is right. so funny, Troy. Um, Bojangles, for any Stanford fans that are traveling to the East Coast for games, your first stop probably needs to be Bojangles. Maybe oh, our sponsor, right. Ingles, uh, if they okay, want to check out right. Ingles in the in the North Carolina, <laughs> South Carolina, Georgia area, feel free. Okay. But, Troy, let's just start with where Stanford football is right now, because I think a lot of people, when they think Stanford, they think Andrew Luck, they think Christian McCaffrey, uh, maybe even John Elway going back, right? But lately, it hasn't really been that. So give us a state of the union, if you will, of, of what's been going on out there in Palo Alto. Yeah, heading into year two under uh, new uh, Stanford football head coach Troy Taylor, and and we knew that that year one was going to be a bit of a rebuild, uh, especially in the trenches. When you look around the 2023 season and you see two-fifths of Stanford's starting offensive line from 2022, now starting from Michigan in 2023, when you see Stanford starting left tackle uh, in 2022, uh, getting big minutes at left tackle for Oklahoma in 2023, and you just you had that complete and total exodus. And look, you know, quarterback is one thing, and you definitely need a quarterback to win and do big things uh, on any level of football. But if you don't have the horses up front, you're not going to get very far. So basically, you know, because of that, uh, we and, and some other personnel losses along the way, we knew that 2023 going in was going to be a bit of a rebuild. Now you look at the win loss column, and you see three and nine. And that was probably on par with what a lot of folks outside of the program expected. Now, you look a little bit closer, you say, hey, maybe if they'd taken the 21-3 lead over Sacramento State in week three instead of throwing an interception in the end zone and the Hornets use that as an impetus to, to spur them on to an eventual win, if they make two field goals against Arizona and that game ended up completely changing around the Wildcats trajectory for the remainder of the season, not just on the field, but off of it. And if they dropped fourth down pass is caught and Stanford has a chance to kick a field goal against UW. Hey, you know what? Stanford is six and six instead of three and three. So, so you see how close in some ways this program was to doing truly big things. And obviously, you know, there's the 29 point comeback win in which uh, Stanford preempted primetime in Boulder. That was pretty cool. So you, you see some things that you like. You see some things that 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 that, you know, are, are, are taking hold with the culture. And I think culture is an overused word sometimes, but but it, it, it holds true, especially when you're a brand new head coach. You see some things that are going in the right trajectory for Stanford uh, football wise, both on and off the field. Let's see if it continues into year two. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And, and you like to have those pieces you can kind of you know, grab from to build on and, and the different things that you just laid it out there. And of course, you know, bringing in and getting your, your offensive line right. I love to hear that, baby. That's what we got to do. Yep. Um, you brought up, you know, primetime and, and that game. And, and I'll have to self-admit here, we were working, we were doing some stuff. I clicked an oxide. You always get to see those, right? Because, you know, back in the day, you guys, Pac-12 after dark, it's the last game on. <laughs> after we're done on the East Coast, we get to sit back and, and watch that. 
and I'm kind of seeing it from afar, and I'm like, man, this is just it's a blowout. This stinks. Don't want to watch it. Then we get back to the hotel. I flip it on, and you guys are surging back. I mean, it was insane. That was one of the most fun games I've ever seen. Walk me through it from your perspective, because that had to just been insane. Yeah, it, it it really was for for many different reasons, and uh, there was really no real real reason to uh, to to expect it and, and to see it coming, especially when you're sitting there at the half and you're looking at the score and going, okay, well, all right, well, let, let me stick around and see if Stanford holds them to a punt, prevents Colorado from scoring coming out the halftime kickoff, and they turn around and get six themselves. Okay, I'll stick around and watch this. That's exactly what happened, and lo and behold. Alec Eilman, or Stanford's terrific wide receiver, who just blew up as the season went along, 13 catches, 294 yards, all in the second half and overtime. Ashton Daniels, the Stanford quarterback, that was that was the, the, the first real chance that we got to see him uh, really start to blossom and, and, and really start to uh, pay big dividends for Stanford at the quarterback position. And the defense made big plays along the way. And I know that the guys didn't get back until camp, to back to campus until like four four thirty in the morning uh, the, the next day. But they didn't need they didn't need any wings to fly back home after that one. And it's interesting from my own personal perspective because that was one game that I missed. I actually did not call that game. No I had way. I had actually already committed in July to do national radio for Westwood One from Miami, North Carolina that next no. day. You remember Stanford, Colorado was a Friday game and the Stanford deal and, and my role and the, my deal wasn't signed until 10 days before the season opener. And there was no way for me to get out of Denver and into Raleigh-Durham at any reasonable time. Of course, we didn't know what time the kickoff was going to be. It was a six-day hold, as it turned out. Uh, so that was a game that I missed. So there I am watching that game in the dead of night at some Marriott hotel deep in the jungles of the Research Triangle Park, and it's like 1.32 o'clock in the morning, and my phone is just blowing up. And I'm sitting there <laughs> leading the cheers the whole way, it was really cool to see. And some folks afterwards were like, sure, you must have been bummed not to be able to call that game. And I was like, no, not really. A, look, I'm never going to get mad if Stanford wins, right? Stanford sure. football is not in that kind of position. And two, it's not like I missed the game because I was, you know, I, I overslept or had car trouble or anything like that. I was calling what turned out to be the second biggest game of the weekend, but certainly right. a much right. needed win for Stanford that day. And certainly, you know, you, when you have a program that's rebuilding, you need proof positive. You need tangible building points, and that's certainly one of them. That's a great story, and I love that you were in ACC country, calling yep, an ACC right. game, and he was then already there. He was already experiencing there. Doing, Pac-12 doing after some dark. Advanced, yeah, I was doing some advanced scouting on a Keenan Stadium because yeah. Stanford's going to be there exactly. in 25. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Well, we'll talk about uh, 24 and kind of the future, but you know, I was reading, you bring up uh, Troy Taylor and, and how it going into his second year. And I was reading a few things on him, and he talked about how Stanford is the last outlier in college football is what he said. And what he was saying is, like, this is still a place where people come to be a student athlete. And, I mean, obviously, that's, it's Stanford. Like, we know that. And I saw even Bear Bachmeyer, the big-time quarterback who committed for a couple of years from now. He talked about Stanford wanting that degree. His brother, I know, is on the team. So how do you experience that? I know you're around the team so much. You're on campus. You see it. Just kind of giving, because in the ACC, we have Duke and we have 
Notre Dame, not really, kind of, uh, North Carolina, you know, those Virginia, mm-hmm. but Stanford still, I think is that outlier. So explain to me more of what that means from your perspective. Well, and look, class is an actual thing at Stanford University, you know, get making sure that you're getting stuff done yes. on the academic hey, hey, side. Any of jokes things. about that? Well, we welcome. We yeah. welcome. Any <laughs> jokes. Come on, you know, you actually do have to hit the books at Stanford, and and it's part of the sell. It's it's not something that the coaches run away from, and this applies to all the athletic programs, right? You know, it, it's something that that all the coaches readily sell to the recruits. Look, if you want to be the best at everything, you come to Stanford. This is their sales pitch. If you want to be the best at academics and at athletics, this is where you come. This is where you go. So it's just all part and parcel of, of, of what, you know, attracts, you know, kids uh, to Stanford. And it's kind of funny, you know, hearing stories of uh, that, that Chris McCaffrey would tell about his days back on campus. And, uh, you know, he just gotten done, you know, dropping, you know, 284 yards rushing on Cal and he'd be back in his dorm you know, later on that day and the students were all, oh, hey, what'd you do today? Where were you all day? You know, and and and, and, the, and these same students are like, you know, doing like, you know, massive and huge problem sets and just basically out to solve the world and, and, and save the world and all those kinds of things. So, you know, that's just that's just the kind of the uh, the, the environment. And it's, it's it, the coaches, they don't shy away from it. They don't run away from it. They embrace it. And with Stanford, you know, he's right, being an outlier. And I remember talking to Troy Taylor about this during a Pac-12 Football Media Day last uh, last year in Las Vegas. And he said, you know, obviously it stretches into how Stanford can build its roster, right? You know, you can't necessarily just, you know, grab 65 kids out of the transfer portal and call it a day and just throw them all in the field and hope that they all perform. And then the next thing you know, you place last in the Pac-12. But that would never happen. Oh, wait, it did in Boulder. But still... <laughs> You know, I mean, you, you, you have to build for the draft, as Troy Taylor put it, right? You have to build through the draft. You have to make sure that you get the kids in and that you develop them and retain them. So it's not just recruiting, it's retention as well. So, yes, there are some different ways that the Stanford coaching staff have to approach things. As a result, they can't just flip the roster from one year to the next and go from there. You know, they have to make sure that they're developing kids from year to year to year to year. And it's a it's, you know, some folks would see it as a challenge in this day and age. Other coaches would see it as, hey, you know, this is what we are here to do. We're here to coach. We're not necessarily here to fundraise and recruit and keep the boosters separated from each other. So they're not fighting and this and that and the other. We're here to coach. So, you know, from that standpoint. And this is true across all the Stanford athletic programs. They embrace it and they run with it and they have success with it. I love that, man. That's, that's amazing. I love the, the, you know, kind of comments on just flipping a team and and bringing and using that transfer portal. Uh, Welcome, you know, joining Clemson as a team that does not really use it. You know, I'm looking at kind of the the percentage of starts by transfers. Uh, Stanford will be at the very bottom with Clemson. They're at ten percent, so maybe that's one player. Maybe I'm not sure. And Clemson, obviously, with zero. Mac, but that is looking at that. By the way, Mac, that is a great point because I have heard that Stanford and Clemson yeah. degrees really are somewhat equal um, in most <laughs> respects. <so. laughs> hey, whatever it takes. I've got a couple of them hanging over here. Uh, there you whatever go. it takes. Whatever. A lot it takes. of similarities. <laughs> that's right. A lot of similarities. Uh, Troy, looking at this team though, um, as we kind of flip the page and, and look at 24, I'll let KG kind of hit the schedule here. 
give us some guys, man. Who, who should our ACC fans you know, really be on the lookout, you know, for this next coming year of guys that are going to be stars, bona fide, and you know, quite frankly, that the Cardinal need to have big years. Yeah, and you mentioned a couple of them. Ashton Daniels really grew into the quarterback role as the season uh, went along. You kind of saw. You you could just see and tell from game to game that the that the game was slowing down for him, right? And that's such a critical part of it. When you're a young quarterback, he was a sophomore um, last year, and but and the year before he saw some action, but it was basically as a situational quarterback, as a running quarterback with him with some packages in him or with them for some for some running plays his freshman year, but his sophomore year. Even though he kind of alternated a little bit, especially in the first five or six games of the season with Justin Lamson, who kind of became the the running quarterback for Stanford, uh, Ashton certainly proved his worth uh, as one of the better passing quarterbacks and became one of the better passing quarterbacks um, in, in the conference. Now, obviously, you know he was still a tier below Penix and Knicks. And even Caleb Williams, who just basically USC's offense last year was just them handing the ball to 13 and saying, here, you do something with it and just hold our hope our defense holds on. And, well, that didn't really work out for them, but that's their problem. So Ashton Daniels did quite well as the season went along. Uh, we mentioned Alec Manor, Not just big, not just, not just fast, but he plays big and he plays fast. There are big differences between those two things and can make hand strength catches, just, just snatching, you know, passes out of a crowd, you know, the headhunter grab, you know, the, the, where he reached around Travis Hunter, part of that Colorado right. game and that incredible comeback. I, I, I dubbed it the later on the headhunter grab. Meanwhile, on the other side of the ball for Stanford, I, I think, you know, you, you lose a couple guys up front. You lose Alakai Gilman, a fantastic hitter. Uh, he went in the transfer portal to Utah. But the strength of Stanford defensively, you know, silly as it might seem to break down a roster in mid to late February, but you know, here we are. You know, it might be the linebacking core and and a couple of guys who you know, Guy Fon Bernadell, a transfer from uh, from Southern Florida, who came in and was a tackling machine for Stanford for much of the season um, last year. Tristan Sinclair played like a man possessed, especially in the Cal game. Actually, got got thrown out of that game for targeting a call that he probably shouldn't have had called against him, but based on how physical his style of play had been in that game leading up to it, it in some ways it kind of seemed fitting. So Sinclair really good, is, and he's really a big-time leader um, on this program um, as well. So, you know, and, and defense had its struggles. The numbers aren't going to impress anybody, really, for the most part, from what Stanford was able to do to do defensively. But, you know, it's still an attacking style. It's still, uh, still some guys that are going to get after you. And you, you would have to think that, especially the linebackers, um, they might be busy once again, depending on how much the guys up front uh, can possibly give them. And I'm, I'm, almost, I'm almost blanked on this. Two terrific corners, I think, coming back in Colin Wright and Zaron Manley. Wright was a revelation. He really established himself very early in the year as a terrific co uh, cover corner. And, and Manley uh, performed quite well himself. They're both long. They're both, they both got speed. And they can uh, both uh, put you, uh, be, be put on the other team's best receiver. And that other receiver is probably going to have a decently long day. So, you know, those are probably some of the guys to watch uh, on, on both sides of the ball. No Joshua Cardi. He is Stanford's, you know, longtime kicker, sets so many records. Uh, but now he's off to the NFL. So good luck to him. Might be some new things we see on the, on the special team side of things for Stanford, but certainly, you know, no shortage of uh, good pieces already in place for the Cardinal heading into 24. Great stuff, Troy. Now we know because you're out, you are out in California, I'm assuming. 
at this point while you're recording. Okay. So it's only five o'clock there, Troy. You have your whole evening ahead of you. We need to let you go and get, get to going. I mean, Mac and it's eight o'clock over here. I'm ready to go to bed. But before that, let's talk about the schedule for Stanford in 24. And these are the, the what stands out to me is this stretch of Clemson, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame uh, in a row there in the middle, which seems, you know, like a, like an interesting stretch. But also just early on to have to go to Syracuse on a Friday night and then go to Clemson the next week. Yeah, the yeah, travel, you do. Come on, we baby. won't really know the effects until we start doing it. I think we all can understand <laughs> it's probably not going to be great for the student athletes. But in general, when when just give me your thoughts on this schedule, but also when you saw that trip of two Syracuse, I'm guessing back to Palo Alto and then going to Clemson. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up that Syracuse game. That is going to be the uh, ACC opener for yeah. uh, for Stanford out at the uh, JMA Wireless Dome. And I got to figure out a way to get a table at Dinosaur Barbecue the night before. You do. I got a few, I got few months to work on that. So, yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll, We'll see what we can come up with there. But yeah, that was certainly one thing that uh, popped out on the schedule to me, that back-to-back with Syracuse and Clemson. And add to that this. In between is Stanford's first day of school. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Cardinal run on the quarter system. So the fall quarter doesn't begin until the last week of September. So the good news for Stanford is that that game in Syracuse is on a Friday. So they can hustle back to campus be in class, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then hop on the plane if they need to back out to Clemson uh, on on Thursday. So having that Syracuse game on Friday the week before, uh, I think makes it a bit more amenable than it would have been if it had been back-to-back Saturdays. And, of course, Virginia Tech comes out here as a part of ACC football day uh, in the Bay that first Saturday in October. And and Notre Dame was already on the schedule. That's been a longstanding uh, series uh, that uh, Stanford and the Irish have had. They played it every year except two uh, since the late 80s. This is the last year, by the way, of that series as of right now. We still don't know what Notre Dame is going to decide. I'm sure that there are some things and some uh, ramifications that the Irish might be taking into account. You know, now that uh, Stanford is in the ACC, whether it's going to be a conference game moving forward after this, whatever. So, but yeah, as of right now, that is the last game uh, to be uh, to be uh, played uh, on on that uh, in, in that series as of right now. We'll, we'll see what happens going forward. But also note this: in November, Stanford plays its share of road games there Ooh. as well. But two of those road games in November are right here in the Bay Area. Yes, that's interesting. So it's up at Cal. Uh, November 23rd, and then closing out at San Jose State, which is just 15 miles down the road on November 30th. So I saw some folks, you know, when the schedule came out, you know, my fault for reading message boards. That That's what I get. Uh, you know, oh, my yeah. gosh, Stanford's on the road throughout so much of November. Yeah, well, no, not really, unless you count, you know, heading down 101, right. you know, and heading up, uh, heading up 880 up to Berkeley, unless you count that as the road. Well, then, no, not really. But it, it, it's it's certainly an intriguing schedule uh, all, all the way from top to bottom, uh, starting with TCU coming to the farm uh, Friday night tilt on uh, August the 30th. And uh, I believe that uh, Louisville game is in mid-November, if memory serves me correctly. So I have to figure out how to call Cardinal versus Cardinals. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, a, lot of, a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of different things. A lot of different things on the schedule. Looking forward to diving into it. No question, man. Well, hey, we, we all got to practice. We all got to get used to it. We all got to study up. Uh, Troy, this has been great, yeah. man. Yeah, we do have some time. Thank goodness. Uh, but appreciate you. Thank you for joining us. 
this was uh, this was fantastic. Man. No, thank you. Appreciate it. Let's make it a habit. Uh, stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay sane. And go Stanford. Thanks again to Troy for joining us and talking Stanford. Loved his breakdown there. Very interested to see what Stanford does in the ACC and just having to remind ourselves that Stanford just five years ago, 10 years ago, was one of the bigger programs in college football. And and you think of the guys that they've had there with Andrew Luck and Christian McCaffrey and all these dudes. So excited to see what Stanford can build. And I appreciate how they're saying, we're still going to do this in the Stanford way, which I love. On the flip side, Mac, let's talk a little Cal here. I saw some quotes from Justin Wilcox, the Cal head coach, about how he really wants to embrace NIL. So I, I feel like Cal may be going a little bit of a different route than Stanford. You bring back Fernando Mendoza at quarterback, also bring in Chandler Rogers, the transfer from North Texas. This is a team that went six and seven last year, made a bowl game, unlike Stanford. So that's a good sign for the Cal Bears. We love that. Had Auburn on the ropes at the beginning of the year. Auburn's not very good, but whatever. Love to see that. One three straight before the bowl game. And then Jaden Ott is really the guy for Cal. Um, big time running back, over 1,300 yards at running back, and he's back. So I think Cal, Mac, could make a little noise in the ACC. I know that the travel and all that's going to be brutal, not only with their ACC schedule, Mac, they also go to Auburn the second week of the year. So they're just going to be like living on the other side of the Mississippi. They also still play Oregon State. So respect. We're going to keep that rivalry and, and that vibe together. But this schedule's brutal. Just, Mac, what are your overall thoughts on Cal and what yeah. they return? Yeah. 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 20,000 miles. Uh, so uh, get those points. All right. Maybe, maybe the second half of the season or even next year is uh, it, it can all be for free because you'll have so many miles and so many points. Maybe you can just fly everybody out. So that's a lot. And, and that's by far the most in the ACC. I mean, they, they've got their work cut out for them here. And, and I think part of that is probably because they have that Auburn trip. You know, going across the country there to, to Jordan Hare, uh, not Jordan Hare. I don't know who would never call it that. Uh, but when you look at it, KG, it, that is going to be an interesting piece. I mean, that's a big deal. That's a lot of miles. That's a lot of traveling. And, you know, what kind of effects does that have on your body now? I assume they're going to be, you know, charter flights and good playing, good situation. But I don't know. Who knows? Uh, you know, until it till it happens. So that part is going to be fascinating to me. Um and, you know, again, kind of you mentioned the key running back there, an absolute stud, great running style, love what he brings to the table. What else can you add around it? You know, you got a couple of additions coming in, you know, a little slot receiver that you feel really good about, can be a shifty guy and, and make things happen. But who else rises up, you know? And, and you know, the, the, the rate at which things can change now, you know, with the transfer portal, I think, you know, should, should be – fun and good, you know, for teams that maybe didn't have the best success the year before, because you can totally look different. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the most promising thing, the most exciting thing about this is uh, that head coach that she just said right there, big fisherman. Okay. So come on to the Carolinas, baby. We can fly fish. We can make it happen. Uh, coach, we're, we're excited to welcome you. We got to hook them up. Coach Doran and Coach Wilcox when we get this going, because uh, it, it's going to be a thing of, of beauty to get a couple of anglers together. for Come for on. Party. I love that, Mac. That's a great point. Justin Wilcox's been there since 2017. Yeah. He's um, had years with as many as eight wins. Of course, bowl game last year. I think this Cal program is actually in a pretty decent place. But yeah. when it comes to this travel, can they can they weather it? I think that's the biggest question. I will add this, Mac. With their schedule, 
They do not have any back-to-back road games. Unlike Stanford, that has the Syracuse-Clemson trip, which is wild. They do have Auburn the second week and then at Florida State the fourth week. But beyond that, after that, you've got some good time in between games, and they finish at SMU. Their November is, I think, pretty doable with at Wake, which, you know, again, is a 3,000-mile trip, Syracuse, Stanford, at SMU. So there are some wins to be had in Oregon State, I feel like, is going to be beatable considering losing DJU and all that's going on and losing their head coach. So I think there's some wins on this schedule for Cal. It's a lot of just weathering that travel. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It'll be interesting to see. Um, Speaking of scheduling, we have got a schedule show coming up. Uh, that we're super excited about. David Hale is going to join us. Uh, this is a little bit late. We're sorry. We wanted to do our thing first, and then we would get to the schedule. Yeah. Uh, it's not like it's going anywhere. You know, we got time. Uh, but we're going to break it all down. Super excited about that. And on Monday, KG, tell them. Come on. It's going to be a big deal. We have a special episode on Monday. So uh, back in November, we did a special women's basketball episode. If if you're new to the show, I cover women's basketball as well for ESPN. And we had, we did an episode on Iowa, Virginia Tech, and it did awesome. And of course, Mac and I are both big women's basketball fans. So we are going to release an episode on Monday previewing the ACC women's tournament featuring, and if you made it to the end of this podcast, you get to hear the guests, featuring Liz Kitley, Georgia Amore, and Hannah Hidalgo from Notre Dame. It's going to be fire. Mac, if you're a Stanford fan listening, I know you know about women's hoops, Stanford. I know you know. And bringing Stanford into this league next year is going to be absolutely insane. I can't wait for that, especially if Cam Breit comes back for another year, which she's hinting she might, Mac. Uh-oh. So Stanford fans, tune in to little women's basketball on Monday. Get a little primer on the league you're joining. How about that? Yeah, KG, I know you are so excited for Thursday nights out in California calling those games. I know you're very excited for that. Um, I'm really excited for you, or maybe Sunday even. I don't know. Uh, it's going to be fun, but I can't wait for that episode. It's going to be so much fun. Y'all are going to love it. It's going to be big time. Uh, and we appreciate you guys, but we continuously need your support. Go and subscribe, jump on the channel here with us, leave some comments. I was looking back Casey, uh, at a couple of our videos, just scrolling through, seeing what people are saying. We've got some great interactions in there. So we appreciate you guys, uh, jumping in that comment section and, and leaving some fun stuff. Um, and just your continued support on Apple Podcasts as well. Rate, review, subscribe there. We would greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see you all.